What's up, 4640? How's it going? I haven't been here in such a long time, right? I've, I'm like, uh, guys, I'm so stoked about this word that God has given me for you, to, you, know, uh, for you tonight. But, but I got to start with something. For those of you who don't know, I used to intern here. That's kind of how I got my start in ministry. Um, this is where I cut my teeth. Um, and so I entered here for a pretty long time, about a year. And so because of that, I like to kind of keep an eye on the interns, the, the new interns, the new, the new class, if you will, and like kind of big brother them, you know, give them a hard time, but you know, some, some brotherly wisdom, you know? And, and something that's come to my attention is, uh, you know, I, I need some help for this. Hey, intern Brandon, could you come here? Could you just come up here? It's fine. Come on, guys, intern Brandon, come on. Hey, buddy, how are you? Good, Sean. How are you? Guys, this is Brandon. I love Brandon. He's such a good guy. I give him a really hard time, but it's because I like him. You know, so Brandon, something that was brought to my attention is that um, you and your girlfriend Morgan had a goldfish at one point, right? Is that correct? Yes, we did have a goldfish at one point. Okay, and there was also some like weirdness, maybe that like Morgan went to college and then the goldfish mysteriously died. Is that also correct or true? Yeah, it's pretty true. Okay, why don't you just tell it quickly and briefly, tell us what happened. All right, so over this last summer, Morgan and I went to that dinky carnival over there by the mall, mm-hmm. and when we got right. there, I, being the good boyfriend, you know, that the Lord has called me to be. Oh, naturally, come I on. Was playing, I, got, I got you. I was playing one of the carnival games to win her a goldfish, and long mm-hmm. story short, I sucked at winning, so right. I bought her the goldfish. <laughs> and so I bought the tank, and we ended up later on, we went back to her house to just like watch movies with her family, and it was actually a TV show. So I took the fish out because the tank was already dirty. I cleaned the tank with a Dawn dish detergent, and I thought it was safe because there's a little ducky with oil on the front of it. <laughs> so I thought it was okay. I made sure it was super clean. I put the fish down, fish was fine. We uh, went away, I came back like 20 minutes later, and the fish was dead. Oh, wow. Okay, so, so what I'm hearing is that you would think it is unjust and unfair for this, for this death to be blamed on you. Absolutely. Okay, well, but here's the thing, is that Morgan also feels that it was unjust and unfair that the fish had to die in the first place. And, and guys, we gotta find a common ground. We gotta find a fairness um, because an innocent life has been lost. <laughs> Death has occurred and there must be punishment for that. What? So, that so long ago. So, so Brandon, un- unfortunately, Unfortunately, the, the fairest thing that I could think of is that you're gonna have to eat a live goldfish in front of everybody tonight. So Hope, if you could bring out, if you could bring out Murphy. Murphy so is his name. We named him? Yeah, so it's harder for you to kill him. So I have to kill him yeah, as he's a got consequence a... for killing another one. Yeah, yeah. That's have you fair. ever read the Old Testament? <laughs> Touche. So his name is Murphy. He's no. about 36 hours old. Um, his aspirations include starring in a live action Finding Nemo. And um, yeah, so he has a name, a face, and a family, and he's gonna be really hard to eat, so bottoms up. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you. (laughs) Yeah, I'll hold your microphone, thank you. He's so fast. Okay. Where'd he go? All right, we'll be gentle with the little guy. Don't, Don't spill water all over this place. I'm not going to help you. Hold the bag, please. No, put it back in the cup. I can't, it's too big. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah, there it goes. Water is a liquid, it oh, moves. Murphy. Did you know that? No, Murphy. Okay, so, so what you're going to do, <laughs> okay, <laughs> just, you do you, man. You're good. 
Yeah, Brandon. All right. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. How was that? I've never liked sushi. You know? <laughs> that is probably the purest form of Dude, sushi. Dude, I feel him kicking inside of my. Yeah, you do. Yeah, and he's gonna slowly wither away and die in no. something. <laughs> All right, give it up for intern Brandon. Oh, yeah. God. I feel him inside of me. Oh gosh, it's terrible. Yeah, that was that was rough. But but have you ever noticed that? Have you ever noticed like a desire for things to be fair? Like when something uh, happens to you and it's, it's kind of unjust or something, somebody, something happens to somebody you love that you're like, that's not right. Like for instance, like Brandon accidentally killed a goldfish because he, he basically cooked it in uh, dish soap, which apparently that's, that's not a good thing. But, um, and so like you notice that, that sense of justice, that burning desire in your heart for things to be right. Like for instance, maybe you were like studying really hard for a test and you studied really hard for this test all week long, and then you caught like your buddy cheating on it, and they didn't get caught, and then they got a better grade than you, and you're like, oh gosh, you, you liar, you cheater. I want you to get caught, I want you to fail. You know, it's, it's not fair. You get that sense of injustice, or maybe you're driving, and somebody like cuts you off, and then they speed away, and two cars over, there's a police officer, and you're like, did you just see what I saw? Are you gonna do anything about it? That's not fair. I want him to get a speeding ticket. Ooh, gosh. And we, we do, we get that, like, that justice, like, oh, the iron fist of justice needs to be had, right? Am I the only one? <laughs> like, um, I mean, you have to have noticed that the world is desperate for justice. We see it every day. There's instances of injustice and inequality, and people are crying out, and they're demanding justice, when in reality, all anybody really wants is fairness. All anybody really wants is fairness. And, and, and it's because as humans, we have this innate desire to be justified. We need to feel that there is justice served. That's how God made us because God is a just God and he pays according to our deeds. And, and what that means is everything we do here on earth will be accounted for in heaven. But, but that's not what I'm talking about tonight. I'm not talking about small deeds. What I'm talking about is forgiveness and the role that forgiveness plays in, the, uh, in God's definition for justice. We misinterpret the justice of God. We see it through the lens of the world and, and the world defines justice as fairness. We've been taught it our whole lives, right? Like fair is fair, or hey, that's not fair, or, that needs to be fair, fair enough, right? We hear those phrases all the time and, and we want fairness because that's the world's idea of justice. But we need, there's a truth that we need to understand. And that truth is that life is not fair. It isn't fair at all. It's not a level playing field. And the sooner we understand that truth and accept it, the sooner we can really understand what true justice looks like. Justice, looks, uh, justice doesn't look like what we think it should. You see, we desperately want it to be fairness, but it isn't. God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts and his ways are higher than our ways. God's idea of justice is much, much, much different than ours. How many of you realize that fairness isn't actually fair? That fairness is actually just selfishness. Have you ever heard the phrase an eye for an eye? Like I just, we just had it with Brandon is like, he killed a goldfish, therefore he has to kill another goldfish, right? A life for a life, an eye for an eye. That's not fair because that's selfish. We're, when, we, when we want fairness, when we're asking for fairness, we're actually just looking at what's for what's best for us, right? We, an eye for an eye, that's, I mean, that doesn't help anybody, then justice is blind, right? You know? We, I don't need to explain to you the difference between right and wrong. 
Like we all know it. We, we've grown up and people tell us, that's right, that's wrong. You know, we have this in, innate moral compass that's inside of us. And that's because that's how God made us. You know, God, God has put this sense of justice in us, but we miss it, right? When we hear it through our flesh instead of through our hearts, we miss it. We so desperately want our lives to be fair, but that's not justice, that's selfishness. And what I'm saying is it's selfish for us to want fairness because it's only wanting what we want. We might, we might pretend like we're, we're interested in everybody's best interest, but really we just want ours, right? It, you know, when, we, when you're kids, your, your little brother gets, gets an ice cream, you get an ice cream because it's fair. You don't care if he gets ice cream, you just want the ice cream, right? And, and we see a great example of this in John chapter eight, the story of the adulterous woman. Picking up in verse one, Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives. But early the next morning, he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. And as he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. And they put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? And they're trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But, but Jesus stooped down and he wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. And then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. And when the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until Jesus was only left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. And then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? She says, no, Lord. He says, neither do I. Go and sin no, no more. And and when we read this scripture, there's a general interpretation that, that it's a mercy for the woman. Jesus forgives her. The person who has been caught in the, in the, in the wrong, in the sin, the, Jesus shows her mercy, and that's it. But I, I want to suggest to you tonight, and I believe that there is a deeper interpretation to this, that there's more to it than what we normally read. And it kind of reminds me of like when I was a kid. My family, we drove all over the country to like national parks and to like see national monuments and like cool trees and stuff of that nature. Nature, get it? Anyways, so this one particular trip, we're going to Mount Rushmore. Now, Mount Rushmore is pretty dang far from here. It's in South Dakota, and we're in Colorado. So if, if Colorado's here, South Dakota's here. And so the, the, we got to drive all this way. And how many of you, like, you, you know when you're in the car with your family for, like, way too long, and you end up just wanting to strangle all of them? Amen? Anybody else? Come on. You know, well, so there was a moment in this trip that the straw finally broke the camel's back. So we're in a Dairy Queen in South Dakota. It's a, it's a nice... Nice peaceful evening. You can hear the, the wind going across the South Dakotan plains. In the distance, a herd of buffalo beds down for the evening. It's a peaceful night on the prairie. And, and we're sitting in the booth, and, and I look over, and my little, my little brother has this look in his eye. Now, now, how many of you, like, you know when somebody, like, tears half of a straw wrapper off? What, we all know what's about to happen with this, right? Like, this is now a weapon. This is now a projectile. And it's like... That, okay. Whew, guys, I hate that. 
I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I have hated it for years. My brother used to do it to me all the time. It drives me crazy. And so I think you can tell where this is going. And so we're sitting there. And again, like I, I see my little brother. He like leans down and he grabs a straw. And I see, I know what's going to happen. I, I just know it. And I'm like, I, I got to be diplomatic. I'm the eldest brother, right? I'm, I'm next in line to be the patriarch of the family. So I have to handle things diplomatically. And so I'm like, Ryan, that's my brother. Ryan, if you do what I think you're about to do, which is unwrap half that straw and shoot it in my face, I'm going to punch you in yours. It's exactly what I'm prepared to do if you do what you are prepared to do, okay? Are we clear? Are we clear on the terms? And so, like, I laid it out as clear as I could. I was like, this is what's going to happen if you do that. And so, it's as if time slowed down. And you could see each, like, all of his cognitive, like, thoughts and processes just, like, going. You can see the wheels turning, like, and then, like, he reaches down. He looks me in the eye. He unwraps the straw wrapper. Places it to his mouth breeze in. And then he blows it right into my face, like right in the eye. And I, guys, I don't, okay, I don't condone violence. Don't hit your younger siblings. But what happened next was he forced my hand. What was I supposed to do? He shot me in the eye with a straw wrapper, so I punched him in his. An eye for an eye, right? That's fair. It's fair. It what hap- it's what happened. I told him, I was like, don't do it. Don't you do it. I, I told you what I was going to do. And so I was like, wailing on him. I've like got him over the booth and I'm like Hulk smash mode. And, and he's screaming and crying and, and my mom's just like, you know when your mom's just had enough of your family and she just like sits back and just sighs like hand on the face like I don't know what to do anymore. And finally it like it passes over and, and I'm, I'm sure that I'm dead. Like I'm sure that I'm grounded. Sean's gonna go live in the basement now with like a chain around his neck. I'm gonna be Schmeagle like, and so, like, I'm just sure that I'm done forever. And, and what happened next, like, is, is still mind-blowing to me. My father speaks up very softly. And he says, son. And I still, I think he's talking to me. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to die. Like, yes, what's up, dad? <laughs> he's like, son, he told you exactly what he was going to do and gave you full opportunity to choose not to do it. And I was like, I thought I was going to die and my brother got in trouble for shooting me. I punched him in the face. Like, that doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem just. Like, I got away, guys, I got away with punching my brother in the face. And not just once, like a lot. <laughs> and I got away with it. And it was because my idea of justice was vastly different than my father's. And our father's idea of justice is vastly different than ours. And I think we see a great explanation of this in John 8. You see, when the masses wanted to stone the woman, Jesus steps in. You know, they, they caught her in the act. It wasn't like they heard a rumor. They, they straight up caught her. You know, there's no alibi. She's guilty. She did it. They saw her do it. And they're, and they're trying to trap Jesus into killing her. And, and so Jesus, I mean, he's like, okay, kill her. It's fine. Yeah, you're right. She is guilty. Kill her. Only if you're without sin. Only if you're pure of heart can you kill her. Let he who is without sin cast the first stone. And, and I mean, they all know that they're guilty of sin. And Jesus knew that. So he said that. So they all put down their stones and they, and they walk away. And, and we see that as a mercy for the woman. We see that as Jesus forgiving this woman and sending her on her way. But how many of you realize that it was also a mercy for the crowd? It was also a mercy for this, this angry mob. Because what they were doing is called a righteous kill. 
And so they were trying to uphold the letter of the law. They were trying to make sure things were just and fair. And so they were going to kill her in the name of the law. But it's only a righteous kill if you're free of sin. And Jesus knew that none of them were free of sin, right? And if they had killed her, each one of, per- each one of those persons who threw a stone would have been guilty of murder. And then, then they would have to be put to death. And then whoever killed them would probably have to be put to death. See, that's the problem with our idea of justice, is it goes from being fair to judgment. That's what happens when we put justice on human shoulders, is we, we start to judge things out of our own flesh, and it turns into this vicious cycle of where we feel shameful of what we've done. So we point out other people's wrongs. You gotta see what they did, not what I did. Don't look at me. Don't look at what I've done. But look at what they've done. They deserve what's coming to them. And it's this ugly, vicious cycle of shame and pride. And it's, <laughs> they, it can spin out of control fast and we demand the fairness for others when in reality what we need, what we need is forgiveness, right? We see that Jesus forgives her. Jesus extended justice to the crowd and the woman and it isn't fair, right? It's not fair, she was guilty. She deserved to die. Her actions said that she deserved to die according to the law of Moses. But justice isn't fairness. Justice is forgiveness. Romans 8.34 says, who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who is indeed interceding for us. We don't need to worry about who is going to justify us or where our justice will come from because Christ is at the right hand of God, interceding for us, defending us on our behalf. To the creator of the universe, he's saying, God, they don't deserve that death, I love them. Because the law wants to put you to death, but Jesus wants to put you to life. Our idea of justice is fairness, but God's idea of justice is forgiveness. And you see, when we forgive someone of something, that's the end of the transaction, right? We don't get to like hold it over their head. We don't get to say, yeah, I forgive you, but I'm not gonna forget. That's not how it works. Because if that's how it works, we all deserve to die, right? When none of us meet that standard, right? And so God extends us that same grace. And through the cross and the forgiveness that comes from Jesus Christ, we don't get to hold their past over their head and we don't get to hold our own past over our head. God doesn't hold your failures and your sins against you and you should neither. The creator of the universe said that you are forgiven and it is so. God spoke the world into existence. Whatever he speaks is truth. And he said that you are forgiven. I am forgiven. All of us are forgiven. And so it is true. We don't get to hold our past over our heads, whether it's we struggle with drinking or we've done drugs or or maybe we've been sexually impure. It doesn't matter. If you seek forgiveness, you are forgiven. And you get to leave that behind. That's the beauty of the cross. There is no mistrial in heaven. The law says we deserve death, but Jesus says you are forgiven. And that justice is served in our lives when Jesus hung on that cross. What blows my mind about this whole thing, this whole idea of forgiveness is that we see Jesus hanging on the cross and, and he's beaten and he's bloody and he's, and he's been whipped and, and he takes the time to forgive us. How many of you guys have ever noticed that? Like he's hanging on the cross, is struggling to breathe under the weight of his own body. 
In the crucifixion, he doesn't have the leverage to breathe right. He's suffocating under the weight of his own flesh, and he takes the time to forgive us. He says, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. When the crowd wanted to stone that woman, they missed it. They missed their justice. They missed it. Jesus forgave them. He knew full well that they would eventually be guilty of murder, his murder. But our God is so loving that he gave his accusers and eventual murderers a chance to get it, and they missed it. They missed it. When he was hanging on the cross, struggling to breathe, one of his final sentences was, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. He knew we weren't aware of the sin in our own hearts and were demanding fairness, and in reality, we're bringing death on ourselves when we need his forgiveness. Jesus didn't have to say it. He's the, he speaks truth, right? He's the creator of the universe. He could have just fought it. Him and God had a conversation inside, and that would have been it. But he knew the importance of it. He knew the weight of his words. He knew that if he spoke it, it's truth. And so he said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. They didn't know. They missed it. They didn't understand what they were doing. The same crowd that wanted to stone that woman is now standing at the foot of the cross, mocking him. If you are who you say you are, why don't you save yourself? And he still chose to forgive them. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Our Savior couldn't even breathe, and he used all of his strength to forgive us from the cross where he hung innocent. He extended the same mercy to the crowd, to us. And if we truly want justice in our lives, if we, we, we need to practice forgiveness, if we forgive the people who wounded us, whether it's a parent or, or maybe it's a bully or maybe it's yourself, maybe you're harder on yourself than any bully has ever been on you ever. Like, I, I don't know about any of you, but I'm my own worst enemy. I don't need somebody accusing me and making up rumors about me because I'm hard on myself as it is. And when we forgive those people who wound us deeply and we forgive ourselves, it's, it's so beautiful. The weight of forgiveness is immense. I promise you, I promise you, if you forgive that person, if you forgive yourself, no matter how hard it is, no matter how deep the wound is, you will experience peace. You will experience freedom. I I promise, try it. Next time, when you think of somebody that you need to forgive or somebody that's wronged you, forgive them and see what God does in your heart and in your mind and in your life and in theirs. Joyce Meyer said, do you guys know who that is? She's like an old lady. (laughs) Joyce Meyer says that Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting it to kill the other person. Jesus, or yeah, Jesus forgave us, but forgiveness is not only worth it, it is worth it, but it's mandatory. Luke 17, four says, even if that person wrongs you seven times a day and each time turns again and asks for forgiveness, you must forgive. Guys, that's Jesus talking. And what did we learn earlier? He speaks truth. Whatever he speaks is truth and it exists. He said we have to forgive. And guys, forgiveness is partially for the other person. It's for us. Forgiveness is for us. Jesus died on that cross for our forgiveness. And that's not fair. The fact that Jesus died on the cross is not fair. He didn't deserve that death. 
He didn't deserve to pay the penalty. He didn't deserve to pay the debt that we could not afford. It's not fair that Jesus died, but he chose to do it. And he said, forgive them, forgive them. And the them, us, the crowd, they murdered him. He was on that cross because of our actions, because he knew that we had no idea what we were doing. He knew that we needed a savior. You see, we think we'll achieve justice through fairness because everybody gets what they want. Everybody's happy. But that's not true. You don't achieve justice through fairness. We get it through the forgiveness of Christ. Every single one of us has a need for justice. And I want to suggest to you that your need for justice is actually a need for forgiveness. We need it. The only place in our life where fairness exists, the only place where we're ever going to experience fairness is at the foot of the cross. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the only place it's fair because we all fall short of the glorious standard of God. That's the only place fairness exists is at the foot of the cross. That's justice. Justice served, right? We're forgiven. We are forgiven. And we need to stop making life all about our fairness and start making it all about our forgiveness. When we understand that forgiveness is the standard of justice in the kingdom of God, things get so much easier, guys. They really do. Because now you don't hold bitterness in your heart. You're not holding on to past, past offenses. You're not holding on to the things that somebody said that wounded you so deeply, that, that untruth that somebody spoke about you, and you forgive them, it's gone. Justice served, right? Because then you give God access to handle it. You, got, you give God permission to handle that justice now. Because when we try to do it, we just mess it up, right? Honestly, like if, if there's one thing I've learned from the, the gospel is that I'm going to mess up everything. That's why I need Jesus. And we, we are called to show that love of Christ in the world. And that means forgiving people who don't deserve it. That means forgiving people who have truly done evil to us. That means forgiving people who are truly, truly against us. But it also means forgiving ourselves. And that's the love of Jesus. That's what he has for us. Now, now I, some of you might be thinking like, that's, that's great, but I don't, I don't know him. I don't know Jesus. So is that, is that forgiveness for me? How do I get that? And so what I want us to do is I want everybody to close their eyes and bow their heads. And, and I felt like Jesus told me earlier, I felt like I heard him say that even it's, if it's for one, he leaves the 99 every time for the one. He leaves the flock to find you where you're at. And so whether you know him or not, that forgiveness is for you, but, but you do need to know him. So I wanna give somebody in here the space tonight to come to know him. So if, if that's you, with every head bow, every, every eye closed, if that's you would, you, would you raise your hand? That's awesome, that's awesome. All right. Just so nobody feels left out or nobody feels singled out, I want everybody to repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need a savior. Jesus, I'm sorry for all the bad things that I've done. And Jesus, I need you to deliver justice in my life.
So Lord, forgive me of my sins. And I declare that you are the Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. So what do we do with all of this? What do, where do we start? How do we, how do we move forward from here? Well, we can start by living from a place of forgiveness. We can start by moving and operating in that posture. Say that you find yourself in a situation this week where, where you see something that's unfair. It could be as simple as like, somebody got the last brownie in the lunch line. Or like, somebody started spreading gossip and lies about you, untruth about you, really calling your character into question. Your first reaction might be, that's not fair. That's not just, I want an eye for an eye. But if we can, if we can remember that we are forgiven and we, and we act from that, we, we act from forgiveness, we can crush that temptation to, to put justice on our own shoulders, right? And we can put it on God's shoulders. We can put it on the, sh the shoulders of the one who bore the weight of the cross. When we act from forgiveness, it makes things so much easier. And it makes, us, it makes it easier for us to forgive ourselves when we make mess up. And it makes it easier for us to forgive others and to show the love of Christ. So, so let's, from this moment tonight, let's all together remember that we are forgiven and understand that life isn't fair, but it's not about fairness. It's about forgiveness. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you so much. God, thank you that you did die for us, Jesus. Thank you that on that cross, you recognized our need for a savior and you recognized our need for justice in your forgiveness. God, thank you. God, I pray that you would just help us to, to understand that as we move forward in our weeks, as we go forward in the rest of our lives, God, that we would remember that you forgave us so that we can forgive others. God, we ask that you would bless us in that, God. Show us how much easier life is with forgiveness instead of without. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.